This podcast will discuss LMX theory from chapter 7 in the text by Northhouse for leadership. So I'm pretty excited about this chapter. Uh, LMX is a topic I really enjoy. Um, it probably differs. Well, I don't want to say it's the most different leadership theory, but it is definitely one of the most different. Uh, traditionally, leadership theories focus on you know, one of two components. They either focus on the, the leader or the follower, or at some level, maybe um, the relationship of the leader with all of their followers, right, with the collective group. LMX is different from that because what LMX does is it focuses on the dyadic relationship. So it focuses on the leader and each member and how that relationship differs uh, from member to member. So um, as we jump in here, you can see the overview, and it's similar to, to most of the chapters, but uh, like I said, the content's a little different in this one than some of our other uh, theories. So again, LMX uh, conceptualizes leadership as a process, and it focuses on the dyadic relationship between the leader and the follower. Um, here's a nice graphical representation of uh, what you'll see when it comes to dimensions of leadership. Um, You'll notice that overlap between the follower and the leader is, is where we're going to be studying, where we're going to be looking um, as, we, as we discuss the, uh, the theory. So, uh, I, as I've talked about before, I'm not a, a big proponent of knowing the names of all the researchers. Um, if you're in a field like mine, that matters, but for most of you who are not in the academic world, uh, knowing the names of every person who's conducted a study is, is not uh, essential to your career path. So I, I don't lean heavily on that. But there it lists some of the early theories and, and who described them. Um, and then it's undergone some revisions. So as I talk about LMX, we're going to talk about the first kind of uh, series of studies on LMX and then kind of more recent studies. And it's a little bit different when you get into the recent ones in terms of what the focus is on. Um, and like I said, the major assumption that LMX is challenging in the research literature is that uh, leaders treat everybody the same. You know, that would that would sound great just like you know it'd be great if parents treated all their kids the same we, we all say we do but you know uh, anecdotal evidence and research will not bear that out right um, we don't you know uh, we connect different with with different kids and and we interact differently with different kids and um, you know and because of that the experiences that we have and our children have with us are not all the same right they have different experiences and it's the same with our followers at some level. So as much as we would like to think we interact the same with all of our direct reports, for example, we don't, right? We have uh, special relationships with some and not with others. And so that's kind of where LMX finds its home. Um, this slide just kind of shows the importance of those linkages, those dyadic connections, and how instead of looking at it as leader to followers, it's looked at leader to follower, and then how those individual dyadic relationships are then related. And LMX talks about how you end up with in-groups and out-groups. Basically, what it, it divides it into two primary, um, two primary camps. You know, you like think about um, you know the, your 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 peers or your coworkers or your direct reports, people you work with. You could certainly divide them into many different categories, different ways of thinking about those folks. Uh, but one kind of broad conceptualization and breakdown is you've got some people who you're close to, uh, where you have uh, higher levels of 
respect and trust and uh, mutual influence. They influence you and you tend to influence them. And then you have a group of people who have less of that, where you, you don't probably um, have that same high level of trust, uh, mutual respect, and influence on one another. And so what ends up happening is followers fall into one of two camps. They're either in the in-group or the out-group. And obviously you'd rather be in the in-group if you could choose, right? Um, so, so that's uh, what's depicted here in this, this slide. Researchers have found there's two general types of linkages. Um, there's expanded negotiated role responsibilities. So uh, this is your in-group. This is where you have, um, where, where your roles are expanded, um, where you tend to, uh, the leader provides followers that are in this group with more opportunities to do things beyond their normal daily routine. They tend to go to them when they need a special project done. They go to them and ask for favors. They go to them when they need um, feedback, right? And then if you're in the other group, the formal employment contract defined roles, the out group, your relationship is based strictly on a job description. And so the only responsibilities you'll typically be given will be the ones that are outlined in your job description because the leader will not come to you and ask you to serve uh, in, in extra capacities because that trust is not there, that mutual respect is not there, and vice versa, right? The, the follower typically doesn't ask for those um, uh, roles because it, it's, it's, it's not a fit, right? They don't perceive that to be something that the, le the leader would be interested in. Or maybe they're not interested in it because they don't want that, that relationship, right? So you get these two different types of responsibilities and roles uh, which are related to that in-group and out-group. In-group and out-group status... Um, is based on how well the follower works with the leader and how well the leader works with the follower, um, how the followers involve themselves in expanding their role responsibilities with the leader determines whether or not they, they become part of that in-group or out-group. And becoming part of the in-group involves the follower negotiating um, and performing activities beyond the formal job description. And those are all things I kind of mentioned in the previous slide. So as I said, what does it look like to be an in-group or an out-group? In-group. More in-group members get more information, right? They're the ones who are trusted with information from the leader. Uh, they get confidence from the leader. They get concern from the leader when they're absent, when, when they're not performing well. The leader is more concerned. Uh, they, they tend to be viewed by the leader as more dependable, um, more reliable, more involved. On the flip side, the out-group is, is just the opposite. Uh, they tend to be seen as less compatible, and they usually are seen as just coming to work to do their job and then go home. Now, again... This is through the lens of the leader. So it could be that that out-group member really does want a deeper relationship with the, with the job, with the company, with the leader, but the leader doesn't perceive that. And if the follower doesn't push that envelope, it probably won't go anywhere, and the follower will end up being in, in the out-group, right? Um, more recent studies have tended to focus on how the quality of LMX can result in positive outcomes for leaders, followers, groups, and organizations in general. Um, so while the previous research focused more on the LMX relationship, the most recent research focused more on outcomes from that. You know, what does that lead to? Um, it leads to positive, I mean, positive LMX, being in the in-group, leads to um, more positive results, both for the follower and for the leader. Uh, the only thing, when you're looking at this list of possible outcomes, you know, higher frequency promotion, less turnover, more commitment, et cetera, et cetera, some of these are um, 
point of fact, right? There is less turnover among in-group members. That makes sense. They're more engaged. They're more um, a part of the organization, a part of the relationship. So they're not going anywhere, right? They value that relationship. But it's important to note that some of these are a little bit perceptually biased, right? So is the in-group member performing better than the out-group member? Well, the, of course they're going to get better supervisor ratings because they're in the in-group. The leader prefers them. So yes, the leader definitely thinks they are a better performing member. And, and, and they probably are at some level, but there's also bias in, inherent in that because you know, they're in the in-group. The leader obviously prefers them and values them. Uh, here's some later studies. You can take a look at those. Um, so the next phase of this is, is the researchers begin to look at what are the steps that followers and leaders go through as they become uh, in-group members, right? So, so all followers, when they first come into an organization, begin in the stranger phase with uh, their leader, right? And then over time, if, if they or the leader initiate certain behaviors and, and do a certain dance, then their relationship starts to shift and they move from the stranger phase to the acquaintance phase and then possibly to the mature partnership phase. If those overtures don't occur on the part of the leader or the follower, they may always be in the stranger stage. I can give you a good example of this because I just started the new job here at UNA a year ago. And so uh, as I began that job, I have you know one direct supervisor and then I have another uh, supervisor beyond that. And you know, I've had, there's been instances where they have asked me to take on certain things and I have volunteered to take on certain things in an effort to try to build that relationship um, because I want to be part of the in-group. Now, I didn't sit down and say, well, how am I going to become part of the in-group? But inherently, if you want to succeed in your job and you want to be a part of the job and you want to be successful and be seen as a vital member and contributor, there is a part of most people that recognizes in order to do that, you have to be trusted by your, by your peers and by your supervisors. And so uh, even unknowingly, I've begun to have, you know, perform certain behaviors trying to build that relationship so that I'll be a member of the in-group. So um, anyway, th this is just like another chart that kind of shows uh, how the influences and exchanges uh, take place in each of the different phases. And in phase one, like I said, it tends to be contractual, job description based, as I mentioned, uh, rule bound, and low quality in general. Uh, and also the motives of the follower tend to be seen as more self-interested, right? You're just doing it for your paycheck. In phase two, in the acquaintance phase, this is when you start to get an offer from either the leader or the follower, an overture, uh, for improved social exchanges. So this is like uh, when you ask the person out for the date. I mean, that's a bad analogy because you don't want to be dating your boss, but you see my point, there's a risk, right? When you ask someone out for a date, you're taking a risk because they could say no, right? You could be rejected. But somebody has to make that first move and it's the same in a follower and leader relationship. Somebody has to say, hey, you know, would you like for me to help you out with that? Could I, could I be in charge of that? And when you do that, you take a social risk because the leader may say, no, I'm good, thanks. And then you, you'd feel rejected, right? At the same time, the leader could take a risk and say, hey, would you be interested in this? And then if you fail at it or you do poorly, the leader has to say, man, that was a bad decision on my part. But somebody has to take that initial risk if you're ever going to move beyond this um, stranger relationship. Um, so 
the acquaintance one involves this testing and figuring out the relationship and what you like and what you don't like. Um, quality exchanges begin to change and you begin to focus more on the group's outcomes or goals. And then obviously the mature partnership phase marked by high quality leader member exchanges. Uh, you start to see one's mutual trust, uh, reciprocal influence, that sort of thing as you move into this role. And the, the, the mature partnership role focus is similar in many ways to transformational leadership because in transformational leadership remember we're asking members to go beyond what you want right it's the Kennedy thing right do not ask what this country can do for you ask what you can do for your country right so it, we're trying to move you beyond how does this organization benefit you but how are you going to benefit the organization as a whole and so that's this mature partnership phase um, and then these last few slides focus on strengths, criticisms, and application. I'm going to go through these really quickly. You can read over them, and again, they're in the textbook. Um, LMX works in two ways. It's both descriptive and prescriptive. So LMX can describe the relationship between uh, members and leaders. So you have that a description of the in-group and the out-group and that process. But it also can be prescriptive in that um, if you follow this leadership-making model, you can talk about how to move from the stranger phase to the acquaintance stage to the to the mature uh, relationship stage and and what to do to, to make that happen so if you're interested in um, becoming a part of the in-group what you need to do and if you're a leader they would recommend you know you need to have everybody in your in-group which I don't know if that's realistic but it's certainly something to aspire to right because you know if you've got 10 people working for you and only three are in the in-group then really you're only getting maximum output from those three. The other seven are, are giving less than is possible because they're currently in your out group. So if you could move those seven into your in group, then you'd be getting much more productivity uh, for the organization. Uh, and then strengths and criticisms, like I said, you can look over those and applications. You know, the nice thing is LMX can really apply to, be applied to any level of management. Um, and, uh, you know, it can really focus on explaining why uh, leaders tend to pick out certain subordinates or direct reports to, to, to give them you know, higher levels of attention and responsibility. And it can also, like I said, be prescriptive in telling leaders how to avoid uh, you know, missing out by having uh, followers assigned to their outgroup. 